DJ, PK, and Craig Bowlerjack joining us right now. He is on the Sprint special guest line. Lease any phone and get an iPad or Samsung Tab A for $99.99. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Craig Bowlerjack, good morning. Hello, DJ, PK, how are you? We're good. Bowler, I'm curious. How much extra prep did you do for the Jazz Knicks broadcast because you were pretty sure it was going to be a blowout and you need a lot of stuff to talk about? I mean, is that yeah. like the heaviest lifting you do all year? I mean, I don't want to, you know, broadcasting a game isn't, you know, a construction job in the snow. Let's not say it's real hard, right? right. But nonetheless, right. compared to another game, a two-point game, the story tells itself. This was, uh, you knew this was going to be bad. Well, after uh, the Knicks got beat in L.A. Uh, against the Lakers by 30, you kind of figured uh, the way that we know how this league works on a back-to-back, on a blowout, you could two things could happen, and that means uh, and it, I knew it probably wouldn't happen with the Knicks, the way this team's going. And then when I heard that uh, uh, Julius Randle was out for personal reasons, yes, I, I really, in late afternoon, uh, really started to decide this thing could get out of hand. And last night, you know, the Jazz took advantage and, and uh, eight players in double figures, and and the rest is history. And that's the way you're, su- you're supposed to dominate teams that are not uh, not by any means as good as you. And uh, Utah's taking advantage of the schedule right now and, and, and making, making one incredible run. Uh, hottest team in the NBA. And the thing is, though, guys, yet have we seen Denver, yet – we have not, you know, the Jazz have not played Houston, and uh, you know they've got. I think that's where the, some of the the tests, you know, will come. Uh, we'll get a better idea to see, you know, putting them putting the Jazz up against teams of that nature, which are the the high level teams uh, in the in the West. Yeah, that's one of the things we've been discussing. We can comparing what the Jazz are doing right now to what the Utes did in football, and they beat up and really, I mean just dominated a bunch of teams that turns out you know some of them were okay but none of them were really outstanding and so we know they got a very nice record and then it ended poorly now we have no idea how the jazz are going to end that will be determined in the coming months but we see a correlation there that you beating up on a bunch of teams you're supposed to be beat up on and i thought that the Utes were legitimate and they were going to at least split between Oklahoma and Texas. And not only did they not split, they got worked. Now, I think the same thing with the Jazz, that they are legitimate. But since the competition hasn't been that great, I guess I'm not really sure. Well, you know, the correlation is uh, interesting, but at the same time, we've got to play this season out too, PK. I I, I think again, you know, there's been quality wins. You know, you, you got one against the Clippers, a full, a full, uh, you know, roster strength uh, with Paul George and Kawhi, and a win against the Bucks as well. Uh, so you put those on the shelf. But again, you know, in the Western Conference, you got. It's amazing how this schedule has been built this year, where we have seen just multiple games with Memphis, multiple games with New Orleans. And yet the teams that you're going to have to beat to get to the top, we've yet to see, Dallas and Houston and Denver. Uh, those are the teams I'm really anxious for the Jazz uh, to finally play, and we'll get a heavy dose of, uh, of those teams as this month continues on. Um, the one thing, too, uh, that I think has helped the Jazz, and I think even the fan base, 
get get a little bit more excited is the Jazz made a you know bold decision to release Jeff Green. They they released Dante Exum, who they hoped PK was going to be a star, and it just did not happen here. And that happens sometimes. But in return, the Jazz you know got a guy named Jordan Clarkson, and also they gave Tony Bradley and George Niang more time on the floor. They went young basically, and all of a sudden this bench just seems to be revived. It's amazing how a player of Clarkson's stature with speed and I think a little attitude, de- defensive mindset, a three-point shot that was is better than maybe some thought, but it's a system, too, that I think that he's been able to thrive in and also blend in with the starters when Quinn sees it, you know, sees that need. But I think that's what the exciting part is, that actually the Jazz, to win, to win big and to, to take this team to a higher level, you have to have bench play. And I think that's part of what the Jazz have been able to do over this last six or seven games. And uh, that is to get a legitimate bench play uh, to help lift these, these this team to wins, but also to take some pressure off the starters. They can't carry the load every night, as you guys know. And that's what it was becoming, by, by the way. You know, 34, 35, 36 minutes of play for the starters. And I think that's the one thing uh, that you have to have is depth, and all of a sudden the Jazz have been able to build some of that uh, off the bench. So is Clarkson going to do this? Because this seems almost too good to be true. I mean, he's just plopped in there. and You know, we shot a low percentage that first night, 4 for 12 for 9 points, but I happen to be at that game as a fan, which I do once a year probably, maybe twice, and you could just hear the people around talking about him, and they loved that he was aggressive, and the shots didn't go in, but people were just all sorts of pumped up. And by game two, you know, it's 19 and it's 20 points, and is it, it seems too good to be true, and yet it's gone on long enough, it seems like it is true. Yeah, the sample size, right? We always talk about sample size. Last night, game seven, uh, with the Jazz, you know, he's pretty uh, consistent throughout the night. He had 16 in New Orleans. He had 11 last night. Um, you know, he had one three, and he what he doesn't do, uh, he's a scorer. Uh, there's a there's a couple assists and a, maybe a couple of rebounds uh, that go along with his box score, but his his uh, mentality is always you know one to be a scorer, and you know that's okay I guess in the way this Jazz team plays they've got rebounders we know that uh, especially a guy named Gobert, but that was something the Jazz needed I thought DJ desperately was just a, a guy with a mental attitude to go let's go get it done and now all of a sudden you can't help but discuss Moutier. In, in this whole scenario as well. A guy who came here, we talked about it a lot. I want to be coached. No one's really taught me you know, to take my talents to this level. And the, the Jazz are known for developing players. And I guess you have to look at a Tony Bradley. You have to look at a George Niang. You have to look at a Royce O'Neal. And so, yeah, there's, there's proof there that players have been developed and Moody wanted to be a part of it. And all of a sudden, Clarkson's appearance has given him some abilities to do, I think, to, to be free. And his mid-range game is impressive. His ability to drive and finish is impressive. And there's a couple of sparks there with energy in that second unit. And I, I think that the, the sample size has been kind of proven that these two guys play well together, and they're also athletic, and they, they're scorers. And that's what the Jazz were looking for, and that's why they made the move. Do you have any idea how close Conley is? I don't, PK. That's really kind of, the, the to me, the, the mystery. Um, came back and what, he played a half a game, and, and the, the hamstring, um, you know, 
flared up again, and I guess that the the reason, um, you know, for this, they want to be extra careful. But at the same time, the Jazz are, are winning, so there's no, I guess really there's no panic, right, in bringing Mike back at this particular time. They're one of the great guys. I mean, I, you know, you get a chance to meet a lot of people, and this guy's a pro's pro. Um, frustrated, I'm sure. Uh, wants to play, absolutely. Uh, so now, you know, when he does become healthy and gets the green light, the next test would be how you blend him back in when the Jazz are, are doing this type of damage, you know, winning 11 to 12, or it's now 12 to 13. So uh, that's really the next, probably the next big story when Mike's available uh, and when they feel like, Physically, he's able to come back on the floor and not retweak that hamstring. So it seems like when he does come back, there are several interesting questions. Does he go back in the starting lineup, which I believe he does, and I think Royce O'Neal goes to the bench. Do he goes back in the finishing lineup? I'm not so clear on that, and that could be a really difficult decision. I guess that's why Quinn gets the big money. Um, whose minutes does he take? Does he take a few from this guy and a few from that guy? Because you point out there were nice starters playing like 36 minutes, and that is not plan A in the long run. You'd rather play guys less than that. So uh, are there any of these questions you have any clarity on? The one I'm most sure of is that he'll go into the starting lineup. I really think that'll happen. No one's you know, told me that. It takes me back to a time, and you guys remember, uh, you know, the Jerry Sloan uh, relationship with one, one Carlos Boozer. And I remember asking him when he came back from a similar injury that let lingered for, for a long time, and that was a hamstring. And I said, you know, Booze, do you think you want to just maybe work yourself back off the bench? Start, stop me right in my tracks. Now, look, these are two different personalities, by the way, Mike Conley and Carlos Boozer. But he looked at me and said, Bowler, look, man, I'm a starter, period. And I thought, wow, okay. You know, that answered that question in a hurry. And sure enough, Booze came back and, and went back in the starting lineup. Again, I can't answer that question. Mike's in his 13th year in this league. And so you wonder if that plays a factor, what his mental mindset is. And also, you know, as this team plays team basketball, does he understand that he's more needed uh, from the bench? Or do they know that they need him as a starter? And do they make a move and and go back to what they did once, and that was to put Royce O'Neal on the bench and put Mike in with Donovan and keep Joe on the floor. So, again, like you made the point, it's Quinn, Dennis's, and Justin Zanuck and David Moray's, uh, you know, combined decision uh, brain power to decide what's best for this team. So I think that's, that's going to be a very big question and decision whenever that comes around. Well, I have a feeling that, you know, Boozer was a different situation. He was a little younger. Yeah. And Mike Conley's a little older, and he's been sitting there watching this team play at an impressive level and win a whole bunch of games. So I don't think he's going to be coming in here looking to be anything but a piece of the puzzle and to see where he can fit, certainly in the short term. Maybe long term if he gets it back and he's playing well, then you know he can get back to where he was. But for now, in the short term, uh, pretty much uh, in my mind, short term being to the All Star break, let's say, which is you know, about five weeks away, that he's just going to look to see, all right, whatever you need me to do, where can I fit in? Because we got a really good thing going here, and I just want to add to it. I certainly don't want to subtract from it. Yeah, no, I think that's a, that's a Conley way. I think Mike's that type of guy too. Yeah, and he is, as I said, different than what the what Carlos Boozer. Uh, brought to the Jazz during his time, uh, you know, with the franchise. But, you know, uh, PK, I, I think, again, you know, it's, it's, 
you don't break what's working, right? And it's that's what's difficult. Even it was for Dante to even find any minutes at all uh, to get on the floor. Uh, you know, when the Jazz started to play play better, and I think what you'd see too is that limited minutes would be probably the order of the day from the from the medical staff that he'd have to work his way back in, and those minutes would be very, would be very limited, whether it's a starter in a starter role or a bench role. So um, again, that will be. Uh, that will be the big story whenever they give him the green light to come back to see how they work him back in. I got some tweeting. I mean, it's just one person is Twitter, but I still think there's probably other people thinking it out there. Moutier, and then the greater than, that math symbol, right? The little arrow. Greater yeah. than Conley. And I'm thinking, I know they're red hot right now, and it's fun to watch right. them win, and they just bludgeon the Knicks. But... When you get to the playoffs and you're running into the Rockets or the Lakers or the Clippers, I'm thinking you need a lot of playoff experience. Conley has got that. So let's go big picture here. I know he didn't get off to the best start, and I know he hasn't played for a month, but none of that is any of that going to matter when we get to April and May? Now, if you can't play at a high level, that you know you don't get anything for just having experience. But still, right. you'd rather have it than not in the NBA playoffs. Yeah, I mean, that comes into play. That is part of the equation you know that the, the greater sign I, I see that a lot you know twitter greater than less than and uh you know right now moody is playing at a high level granted and Conley's not on the floor so yeah i can see where fans would say that but you know what happens too usually in playoff basketball coaches will uh slim down their rotation right i mean usually they do yeah. uh and so you know, I think PK's point is interesting that, you know, the all-star break is always an interesting time. You know, if you're injured, you know, you usually make your bounce back, your comeback, either just before or just after. Teams protect you up to that point, and then you really have to see what you have uh, because the, the all-star break is not the halfway point. The halfway point's coming up in Brooklyn next week. That's, that's game 41, just around the corner. Once you come back from the all-star break, it's usually a 25, 26, 27 game run to the finish. And so that's where coaches have to start making some tough decisions. Uh, and you start to see how the rotations are going to be built out as they, they, you know, as they come into April. So, again, we'll find out a lot. Maybe just prior to the All-Star break, uh, Conley, they've rested him, they've rehabbed him. And sooner or later you have to just say, hey, coach, let's go. Uh, give it a shot. And if it flares up again, then you've got a chronic issue. Uh, so uh, that time's coming, and I think probably the All-Star break prior to, you, you'll, you'll see Conley and then Quinn makes decisions on how the rotation goes in those final 25 games of, of the regular season. You know, most of the time when Thurl Bailey's doing the commentary with him, you call him T. I would like for yeah. you to call Matt Harpring M. <laughs> okay, that, it wasn't M uh, who James Bond had. Uh, and, yes. uh, yeah, him. Hey, him. <laughs> Let me try that. I don't know how Matt would respond to that. Poorly. I can guarantee it. He uh, would respond uh, Even better. That's why you should do it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, him. Okay. How are you, pal? Great to have you back. Him. Him. TK, I love you, man. I'd say you come up with some great, great thoughts. And that, you know, I may just do that to tick him off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can just see him. I can just see the forehead scrunching him looking at you like what is wrong with Nothing you? wrong with getting under people's skin? Yeah, what is wrong with you? Oh, man. oh that's funny. Oh yeah, yeah, T, you know, it's just it's just it's just T, right? Yeah. I mean, you just 
big T or hey T. I mean, that's that's kind of the way it's always been, uh, and that's funny. I mean, it's like you guys. I can't call you Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't think I you ever have. <laughs> no, never. It just doesn't. It doesn't seem right. It just doesn't seem right. <laughs> I'm gonna write. I'm writing that down. M. Hey, Matt. M. Welcome back, <laughs> Bowler. Thanks for a few minutes. We appreciate it. All right, guys. We'll see you soon. Thanks for the call, Craig Bowler. Jack, join us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.